The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. I got to be honest with you this morning, I've been waiting eight years for today. There's two reasons for that. The first one is Pastor Dan's finally gone. (laughs) And I mean that in the best possible way because his birthday, if you remember this, his birthday was today. And so my birthday present to him every single year for eight years was, you get to preach on Christmas Day. Ah, So that's, that's the first reason I actually get to preach on Christmas Day for the first time ever. Uh, the second reason is there was a seminary professor who said this. He said, there's not going to be many people that show up on Christmas Day, but you need to bring it on Christmas Day because those people, they want to hear the gospel. So I'm going to bring it today, <laughs> and I'm going to apologize if this goes a little bit long, but <laughs> it is Christmas Day. So the, 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 the lesson this morning is found in Hebrews chapter 1. I invite you to look Follow along there on page 8 with me as we, as we read that lesson. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom He made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. And speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire, But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And the righteousness and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. This is the word of the Lord. I'm guessing that here this morning there's a few Android fans out there that are feeling maybe a little bit burned. And I I mean burned quite literally this year. You know what happened, don't you? Some people, I think they saw the, the specs of that Galaxy Note 7, They saw the 12-megapixel camera. They saw the beautiful form of it, the amazing screen. 
the fact that you, there's this thing called this key charger, and you don't even have to plug it in anymore, apparently. And, and I think some people saw that phone, and they thought, I'm going to upgrade. Maybe, and God forbid, that maybe someone who had the iPhone 6 Plus, maybe they saw that phone that you don't have to plug in, and they said, I'm going to get an Android. And, and maybe some people who had the Galaxy Note 6 thought, you know, this is a no-brainer for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upgrade to the Galaxy Note 7. And then they did. But the rest is history, isn't it? One day, the Galaxy Note 7 exploded. Did you see the YouTube video? This guy leaves his phone in the car, it explodes, and the whole thing just goes up in flames. It was absolutely amazing. And look, I'm an Apple guy. I admit it. And I'm tired of getting text messages that look green because people have Android phones. But the fact of the matter is this. Even Android fans out there can admit that that guy shouldn't have upgraded. And this is, this is an important truth. This is an important truth about life. You have to know when to upgrade, and you have to know when to never, ever upgrade. That's the whole point of this lesson from Hebrews chapter 1. He wants you, with his whole heart, desperately to know that you should never, ever try to upgrade on Jesus. And he wants to get this point across to you so forcefully and so adamantly that he does something that's absolutely unprecedented in Holy Scripture. In fact, to be more clear, he actually doesn't do something that is absolutely unprecedented in Holy Scripture. You know what that is? There's no greeting here. There's no greeting. Not, not one at all. This is a letter. Every single other letter in the Holy Scriptures has a very nice, warm, and personal greeting. It says something like, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lived and died for you. You know, something like that. It identifies the recipients of the letter, the author of the letter. But the author of the Hebrews, he just drops it all. There's no greeting at all. Unprecedented in Holy Scripture. Now, I spent some time this last week thinking about this. In modern culture, when do we decide it's not a good idea to greet each other with, you know, warmth? I can only think of really one situation. In an emergency. Now, this sounds a little bit ridiculous, but what if we call 911 right now? And somebody, God forbid, on the street was having, say, a heart attack. I don't think we'd go through the pleasantries, would we? <laughs> Wouldn't say, you know, my name's Tim, this is, this is my paramedic buddy, uh, Kevin and Sarah over here. <laughs> you know... 
We wouldn't do that. They would get out the paddles, wouldn't they? And they'd jump that hard because at that point, the pleasantries don't matter. So when the author of the Hebrews, he's just going to get right into this and he's going to say, don't you ever. Don't don't even think about it. Don't let it cross your mind. I'm scared for you right now because you're trying to upgrade on something that you should never upgrade on and you know what's going to happen. It's going to blow up in your face. He just leaves all the pleasantries aside so that we would get the point. Never, ever upgrade on Jesus. For some, their upgrade was the prophets. It really was. They thought the the prophets were maybe somehow better than Jesus. Listen to what it says right there in verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And you know, we have to admit this, the prophets, they're, you know, they're pretty neat. They are, aren't they? They spoke the very word of God. None of us have ever done that. They knew, they, they prophesied in advance, look, this is what's going to happen. The prophets were pretty cool. I mean, the prophets, they could make Axe heads float. And the prophets, they could, they could make water come out of rocks and make the dead rise again. I mean, the prophets, these prophets, the amazing, amazing men and women who spoke when they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. But the writer of the Hebrews wants us to understand there's no comparison between the prophets and Jesus. See, when Jesus does a miracle, he doesn't derive his power from God like the prophets did. He is God. And when Jesus spoke, he wasn't speaking from God. He is God. He's the Son. And look, the author of the Hebrews, he goes on an absolute rampage about this. Read the rest of the chapter. What he's going to do is he's going to give seven reasons why Jesus is better than anyone or anything else. And then he's going to give seven quotations from the Old Testament so that we would understand and have the proof that what he is saying is right. It's seven times seven. Completely and utterly true that Jesus is better than anyone or anything. And we can put this into the language of the writer to the Hebrews. Now, why would you want to upgrade from the one who will inherit everything? How can you move up From the Creator. How can you see God more clearly than His exact representation? How can you have a brighter light in your life than the very radiance of God Himself? How can you get closer to a more mighty power than the one who sustains everything? 
How can you get closer to God than the one who sits at God's own right hand? And I, and I know, look, I could go on and on and on. That's what the writer of the Hebrews does. Jesus is that much better. So we could put it in monetary terms. What is this like? Choosing prophets instead of choosing Jesus would be like, say, choosing a flip phone or the thing that Alexander Graham Bell made instead of an iPhone 7 Plus. It would be something like that. You just don't, you don't do that, do you? Doesn't make sense. There's other people, the writer of the Hebrews says that they actually thought it was an upgrade to, to move on to angels. And look, angels are pretty cool too, aren't they? The angels, whenever they show up in the Holy Scriptures, the human being is terrified. Without exception. We could, we, could, we could look at the examples that we have from Christmas, like when, when the angel appeared to the Virgin Mary, what happened? The angel says, do not be afraid, because she was afraid. When the angels showed up to the, to the shepherds and they began to sing, they were frozen with terror, Luke says. I mean, when, when the human being encounters an angel, it's like their, their brain just freezes. It's like they're deer in the headlights because angels are so much more powerful than the human being. If there was ever a way to upgrade on Jesus, I mean, the angels, that would be it. Don't you think? Anything in all creation. If something was better in creation, it would be the angels. I mean, Gabriel... The archangel Michael fighting with, with Satan to the ends of the earth. The angels, the, the angels are amazing creations of God. But they're nothing compared with Jesus. If we could just make another comparison. Worshiping angels instead of worshiping Jesus... Well, that would be like the shepherds staying in the fields and worshiping the angels instead of going to Bethlehem to worship the king. You know, that's ridiculous. You just wouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Jesus is so much better than angels, we could, we could, we could put it this way that they're actually a downgrade. And that when the angels see Jesus, they're the ones who are frozen. They're the ones who fall down on their knees in worship. And they are the ones who think, they're the deer in the headlights, really. They're the ones who began to sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And you have to understand this about angels. They never get God wrong. Human beings, we have this, we have this way of worshiping things other than God. Isn't that true? We'll even bow down to a piece of wood. 
But the angels always worship God. Because they're never wrong about Him. Jesus is so much greater than angels that when He was born, they were deer in the headlights. They fell down on their knees and all that they could do was sing. Before we shake our heads at the ancient Christians and say, you know, we would never do that. We would never try to downgrade Jesus or uh, upgrade Jesus at Christmas time. I, I want to just think about this, about how we do this at Christmas time and how Jesus so often gets a downgrade. Last week it was cute, wasn't it? The, the kids were up here and they were singing away in a manger and we all got caught up in the cuteness of it all. But what can happen is that we think about that cuteness instead of meditating on the fact that God lies in a manger and what that means for us. And then there's Christmas morning, right? Where is everybody? <laughs> there's Christmas morning. Everybody's opening up their presents as if the presents themselves, were that. this is what Christmas means. But everybody forgets about the gift that God gave. Sometimes people get lost in their families at Christmas time, as if it was all about family. You see how Jesus gets a downgrade at Christmas? That the season, even Christmas itself, becomes somehow superior to the birth of Christ? And this is just what we do at Christmas time. I could go on and on about what we do during the rest of the year. How we think that maybe beauty is the most important thing, or work, or money, or whatever it might be. And somehow Jesus gets shoved off into a corner somewhere in Bethlehem. Whether it's prophets, or angels, or Christmas presents, or whatever it may be, all of those things... They're a downgrade compared to Jesus. Because some things, some things you can never upgrade. You know, you know one thing like that for me is Nintendo. <laughs> I'm going to date myself a little bit. You remember when Nintendo came out? I don't care how they update the consoles today. But... The original Nintendo, when we had to blow those things off just to stop the lines in the screen, playing Mario Brothers and Super Techno Bowl, I mean, that was the height of it. That was it for me. I, I don't care about PlayStation or anything like that today. Give me a Nintendo and I'm, I'm happy. Some things you just can never upgrade. Jesus is like that. There's just, there's no getting better than Jesus. He's the best. Everything compared to him is a downgrade. It should seem obvious to us. He's the, he's the creator. He's the inheritor of it all. He, he made us. He's our God. But he's done something even greater than that. 
the writer of the Hebrews says this, He provided purification for sins. When no one else and nothing else could. He was born and laid in a manger, God's crib. He was hung on a cross, God's throne. He was laid in a tomb, God's bed. And he rose again, God's victory for you. And it just doesn't get any better than that. Not prophets, not angels, not Christmas presents, not family, not whatever it is that you're seeking. It's just not going to top the fact that you are so clean and so holy and so righteous and so forgiven and so eternal because of what Jesus has done. How can it get any better than that? How could God top himself? How can can God's love become so tangible that that you could actually hold him in your arms? And and how could God demonstrate his love and the depths that he's willing to go when he stretched out his hands and died? How does it get any better than that? I don't think it can. Cling to this baby. He's your sustainer. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's your purification. He's your Christmas present. And he is your happy ending. Amen.